With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I, I'm always intrigued to hear what songs Dan comes up with our for the podcast. Is this in regards to the Justice League race? Oh, it's getting hot in here, and it was hot and heavy watching a couple of those games last night. Um, it's things are heating up in this, at least in the in the Justice League division. Um, we'll jump into that a little bit later, but you know, happy Tuesday, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. Thankfully, um, I did not have a three point nail biter for my matchup and have to sweat out some last minute shenanigans potentially going your way not only was it a three-point nail biter for me but it was the fact that i had less than a point i beat kevin to go one and one instead of zero and two and when matt ryan's throwing the ball to austin hooper on the and racking up yards at the very end here i pacing back and forth in my apartment (laughs) thinking how fucked i am but you know what you go one and one in the week. We'll jump a little bit to, to part of this here. But, man, this it gets it is getting hot in here if you're in the Justice Division. Oh, it absolutely is. And we're going to – this week we're going to talk about some NFL teams, but we have to talk about the Justice League, and we'll, we'll get to that momentarily. Um, but for right now, let's talk about, I feel like, maybe the game that just had everyone captivated, and that was probably the Cleveland Browns versus the Dallas Cowboys. For many reasons, uh, Dak threw for over 500 yards and lost. Uh, Nick Chubb got injured. It looks like he's going to be out for, it sounds like, potentially two months. It's a pretty severe injury. We'll see how it all ends up shaking out. Um, but the Browns, all of a sudden, they're looking like a pretty legit team. They're 3-1, and one, and you know we talked about them a few weeks back, and we were not super optimistic with them how how are you feeling about their situation now for our fantasy league going forward with some of those key guys i I think i think odo beckham jr finds extreme relevancy we've really seen him find a resurgent with it baker mayfield's doing just enough to get by with it obviously the loss of nick chubb is going to put a bigger impact on Kareem Hunt. It's going to put a bigger impact on Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Odell Beckham Jr. I think these guys all get bumps because you don't have a guy like Nick Chubb. Now, please don't get me wrong. Kareem Hunt is a hell of a fucking running back. Has other issues, which we don't talk about. Those are behind them because we all live in the future, (laughs) not in the past. But, I mean, obviously, when we think about that, though, you play the Ravens, who are a fantastic team, but you go into a weaker schedule with the Bengals, Washington, and the who the fuck knows Cowboys. Now you move into the Colts, the Steelers, two very good defensive teams. Mm-hmm. I think this is where – I think we're having this segment because we went through, we bashed them after week one saying, fuck, Baker sucks, blah, blah, blah. Yep. They rattle three games off, scoring at least 34 points in all three games. And now we're going to go through and say, all right, you've got two matchups now to really say that you're for real. I want to say that I like where this team's going. I like the confidence that Baker's getting back with playing some of these scrub-ass teams. 
I think this team is going to begin to turn it around and continue to fight and contend for this division. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll turn it around, but like you mentioned, I mean, the Colts and Steelers, that's really tough. And from a fantasy perspective, I think they're everyone will take a step back besides maybe Kareem Hunt. But, I mean, after that, I mean, the schedule really loosens up it for them. It really does. Bengals, Raiders, Texans, Eagles, Jaguars. I don't know if there's an easier five-game stretch that so, any team will face. So would you call going one and one in the next two games a win for Cleveland? Yeah, well, absolutely for me. I mean, that would put them at um, four and two with those five very winnable games coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think this is this is where we're really going to find out if – the reason we're having this conversation again because we watched them go 3-0 in the next three games versus after week one where we watched them fucking just look like shit. I think this is where we figure out how much fantasy relevance this offense is going to continue to have. Yeah, so you mentioned OBJ. I mean, with obviously this was his biggest week of the year. Um, he managed, I believe, two touchdowns, mm-hmm. um, had over 20 fantasy points, you know, just a monstrous game. Um, where... Where do you kind of view him as in the wide receiver landscape? I think he brings himself back into a top ten wide receiver. Really? I, I yeah, I, I do. I I see the the pieces there now. It obviously helps when Jarvis Landry gets to throw you one of the balls. Um, <laughs> yep. Makes it look a little bit little bit nicer. But I mean, that's Freddie Kitchens coming out and coming up with something different on the playbook, which we all know Jarvis Landry can throw the ball a fucking country mile. With I don't it, think it's is, Freddie Kitchens. Oh no, who's the? Oh, it's um. The other guy from Minnesota. Sorry, good talk. Uh, Keith, uh, whatever the. F- yeah. So whatever. Just the guy. The guy that replaced Freddie Kitchens. We'll just go with that. The better yep. version of this. Um, Kevin Stefanowski. Thank you. Yes. Last name. Um, mm-hmm. I I think he he's getting comfortable with the offense. I think he's beginning to understand what he has from a weapons perspective, which makes it a little bit more entertaining. So I'm gonna buy into Odell Beckham Jr finishing as a top 10 receiver yeah i think I, he's still going to be outside of that that list where would, um, you, where would you put him inside of then 15 20 i think in between 15 and 20 would be my range um i mean you look he had a big game but i don't know this dallas defense i'm not sure how great it is you mentioned the i don't want to say fluke but uh the trick play with Jarvis Landry throwing him a pass, um, and then he had that he had three touchdowns this game. The fifty-yard run, that stamper that kind of put the seal on the game. I think he's great. Don't get me wrong. And me having Odell Beckham as wide receiver sixteen, I think that's more a testament of the position itself. Um, we're seeing you know passing numbers that just haven't been matched. And you look at some of the wide receivers. I think it's easy to say so and so is a wide receiver ten, but I mean, you think of ten guys. I mean. Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Stephen Diggs, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I mean, I just listed 10 guys. Yep. And then, you know, we have guys like Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaren. Did I mention Chris Godwin? Um, I don't know. There's yeah. Julio Jones I didn't even mention, Kenny Galladay. The wide receiver position is stacked. Oh, it yeah. is by far the most stacked position in the league. Um I, I saw an interesting quote. It was something like, everyone feels good about your their wide receivers because there's 40 guys that you have a case that could be top 20 guys. It's true. And I, th- I think you can make a case for Odell Beckham in part of that. Absolutely, um, you can. And it's, it's going to be very interesting to see where 
the dispersion goes, because Jarvis Landry is a weapon. Kareem Hunt is a weapon. Austin Hooper is a weapon. Mm-hmm. There's Again, we look at the Dallas offense just like we look at this. Many weapons, but where does the spread of the love go? Well, let's talk about that. I mean, obviously the Chubb injury sucks. I mean, for Stefan's team, we'll, we'll go a little bit more in depth on that later, but that hurts him. But for Steve's team, I mean, Hunt, what are the expectations for Hunt? Is he just going to you know, take more of that load? Or are we going to see this guy that came out of nowhere and Dearness Johnson uh, start getting some carries and maybe be a viable player? Um, what What are your expectations of that? I'm going to go with a 70-30 split. I think Kareem Huck continues okay. to take the bulk of the workload, but you can't turn down anything that you just saw last week from the young kid. You, yeah, I don't so think you can. He looked, he looked really, really good. He definitely looked solid. I mean, and with this, let's, let's focus on Hunt, but with the 70% split, I mean, is he a top five running back as long as Chubb's out? No. Top ten? Top ten. Okay. I think I think there's a couple other ones that that play into it, especially with the next two weeks having a, a tougher matchup. Yep. With those two defenses, I think that pulls him out of the top five aspect to it. Um, but after that, it starts to sweeten up a lot for him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um. Let's, okay. Let's talk and about then, another team that's got a. Uh, unless you want to stay with Cleveland. Nope, nope. Let's move on. And I honestly think they're kind of similar. And yep. I mentioned, or I wanted to talk about this team because I feel like they might be flying under the radar a little bit. I agree. And the Carolina Panthers. So some stats through two games, and those two games they've played. Um, let me just pull up their exact schedule. Cardinals was the last this most recent week, and the Chargers were the week before. They both. And then they wins. played the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers, yep. along with who was their home opener? The Las Vegas Raiders. So the Buccaneers and the Chargers, I think, both have good defenses. So that's two of their games. But even with that, I mean, you look at Teddy Bridgewater. He's quarterback 17, and he threw for almost 400 yards against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Robbie Anderson's wide receiver 11. Uh, DJ Moore, he might be disappointing a bit, but he's checking in around uh, wide receiver 30. And then Christian McCaffrey went out, but they have not missed a beat with Mike Davis. Uh, if you combine their both their point totals from week one and two for McCaffrey and week two, three and four for Davis, they are still running back two. Like, they're actually pretty close to catching Alvin Kamara, which kind of blows my mind. Um, and then you talk about upcoming schedule. They have the Falcons this week, which might be the worst defense in the league. Fire. Yep. The Bears are solid. The Saints are average the falcons again the chiefs average the bucks are tough but then the lions vikings broncos packers and the washington football team um that's pretty solid i don't know i i would be intrigued and pretty optimistic if i had some of those guys i completely agree with you teddy bridgewater has shown that he can do enough to win you a game but he's not going to do enough to try and put you in jeopardy of losing it um he's made probably two or three errant passes in the last couple of weeks um, that have made things a little bit closer than they needed to be. Yep. But you brought up a guy that that's Mike Davis, who I, I feel firmly is the only reason I've maintained the success that I have had Absolutely. in this league. And again, like you said, when you figure that if you just look at this backfield between the two weeks that you had McCaffrey and the two weeks you had Mike Davis, that these guys are running back to it in the same person. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Absolutely it- nuts. And it also makes you wonder if the Panthers regret paying McCaffrey all that money. <laughs> That's the other piece to it, which is always interesting to think about part of those things. But mm-hmm. I, the one guy I think that's not getting enough credit is Robbie Anderson. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone, and I'm guilty of this, too. I mean, thought DJ Moore was the guy. And I still think DJ Moore is the guy. I mean, he's, I believe, what, 23 years old, and he's had two phenomenal first years, and he's still on pace to have a very solid year this year. But Robbie Anderson's awesome. So statistically speaking, so DJ Moore has 18 receptions on 32 targets for 288 yards. Yep. Robbie Anderson has two more targets, so 34 targets. 28 receptions for 377 yards per catch dj moore is averaging more than robbie anderson Mm -hmm. um understanding robbie anderson's longest target or longest receptions 35 yards compared to dj moore's at 38 with it but i mean that's not bad when you think about a one-two punch for a guy like teddy bridgewater I, i mean four touchdowns three interceptions through through it right now he's only been sacked eight times with it, it's not a bad overall offensive trio. Yeah, I think, I think Matt Rule is putting together a very intriguing offense. And, um, you know, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is the long-term answer, but I feel like Matt Rule is the long-term coaching answer. I mean, I think I think you can definitely look at Teddy Bridgewater as your, as your stepping stool mm-hmm. to what you want it to be. So, oh, yeah. So the one question I'll ask you here is position for position right now. Cleveland yep. versus Carolina. Where okay. do you think teams are better poised to make a bigger impact? What do you mean? Or can so, you elaborate? So quarterback to quarterback. Baker Mayfield versus um, Teddy Bridgewater. Who are you trusting more going forward from a fantasy perspective? So this might be like the most blasphemous, but I'm going to take Teddy Bridgewater. I, I completely agree. The schedule, I think, helps Teddy Teddy in the long run. But I like I think Teddy has proven that he's doing more this season than... I think he's in a better offense for passing, too. Um, I think Cleveland, you know, it's, it's no secret. They want to run those two tight end sets. They want to utilize a, that two running back core when they're healthy. They want to be a run game and control the clock. And Baker will have opportunity to shine. But Matt Rule is really empowering Bridgewater to, you know... I mean, for Pete's sake, he's on pace for over 4,500 yards passing. Yep. So then we move into the running back piece where you get, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt versus Mike Davis and a healthy Christian McCaffrey when they come back. I mean, it's your tomato, tomato. You're either taking like the RB1 and Christian McCaffrey or like the RB6 and 11. Both are pretty awesome, right? Yep. I, no argument there. Um, wide receiver wise, Jarvis. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, I feel like if you asked me that question a month ago, I would say the Browns, no question. But Robbie Anderson has really closed the gap for me. And I think I might go with Cleveland. Uh, or excuse me, with um Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, I, I'm going to lean the other way. I'm going to go with the Cleveland side of things. Okay. I think it's hard to take away from what those two guys in Cleveland can bring to you and we're still trying to watch these guys in Carolina develop that's the closest one like I won't fault you if you want to go with um the Browns but I think the Panthers have been really oppressive thus far and I think the last position we'll talk about which we know is Mr. Roos who's been absent from a couple podcasts here with a bunch of shit going on but Austin Hooper Ian Thomas yeah I mean you got to go Austin Hooper I mean Ian Thomas he's a a guy that I think people like because he's young and he's shown some things, but um, uh, give me Austin Hooper. So then the last piece is, and this will be a great segue into our next section, Stefanski or Rule? Mm. I know you mentioned him a couple times here, 
which way are you leading from uh, the ability to take your team forward to be productive the rest of the season? I mean, I think Carolina has been more impressive thus far. So I guess with that side, I don't know how the day-to-day stuff goes with the coach, but I'll give the edge to Matt Rule. I, it's hard to argue against. I think, and I think this is one of the ones that's just as close as the um, what you talked about for the for the running back situation with part of it. It's these guys are both doing enough to give their teams winning scenarios and mm-hmm. setting themselves up for success. So you're going to make that playoff. You're going to be able to qualify into this if you don't win your division and give yourself a shot at getting hot at the right time to make a run for the for the Super Bowl. Yeah, agreed. And all right, let's continue on. We're going to, I mean, this won't be as long, but the Texans fired Bill O'Brien, both the head coach and the general manager. Uh, what's any immediate Sorry, thoughts fucked, on that? Yeah, I fucked up. I didn't have the hallelujah all queued up for this. <laughs> um, it was about time that they did this. I think when you trade away a couple first-round picks and a arguably number one, if not two, wide receiver to get a has been kind of running back understanding I say has been with some of the things that we've watched David Johnson do in the past with it I think this is a great transition for what they need to go do going forward and try and rebuild this franchise if in fact you want Deshaun Watson to be the cornerstone of what you're doing yeah I mean I agree I think ironically I don't think Bill O'Brien the coach or someone else said this. I'm not. I don't want to take credit for it. Bill O'Brien, the coach, I don't think gets fired for going 0-4, but Bill O'Brien, the GM, gets fired for going 0-4. Because at the end of the day, I still think he's an okay coach. I mean, he won a game with Brock Osweiler as his quarterback in a playoffs. Like that's impressive. Um, he's tailored some pretty solid to maybe even good offenses. Um, with some severely lacking parts, thanks in large part to the GM that he's had in his career. Um, But, I mean, I don't know if this really changes anything. I mean, it's kind of... um, In sports, the one thing I'm always confused about is how, like, these coaching hires have to wait till the offseason. If I was the Texans, I would be like, I want to start interviewing right now. And it's probably not tasteful but if you really want the kansas city chiefs offensive coordinator why don't you request an interview i don't understand why that it's all kosher that you have to wait till the off season or wait till they're in the playoffs it's the same thing why don't you run across the pitcher's mound after you pop out to the second baseman after you run down to first it's just some of that shit that you don't understand so my question for you is is bill o'brien does he get another head coaching job uh I will say eventually, yes. He's going to get an offensive coordinator job somewhere because, like I mentioned, he's a good one. Uh, or he's he's proven to be capable. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is he going to get another coaching job, like, hired straight up as a head coach? I don't know. Is he going to get, like, an interim head coaching job because he's with Adam Gase and Adam Gase gets fired? Maybe. But I think one way or the other, he will find himself being a head coach again. I don't uh, think he's going to be a hot commodity, but if he goes to... Um, I don't know, pulling a team out of my ass, like the Denver Broncos. And maybe he can groom a Drew Locke and turn that offense around. And within two years, maybe everyone's like, oh, shit, why are the Denver Broncos so elite? Oh, it's because of Bill O'Brien and blah, blah, blah. He's all up for the some upcoming coaching jobs. Yeah, I think, I think it's a very just interesting piece to watch head coach lose their position and see where their transitions go next oh yeah and all right so 
it's the NFL, it's usually not just one coach that's fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, bets on who the next one is, and I, you can't say Adam Gase. Um, oh, man. That's because that kind of does it there. Um, I feel like there's another easy one. I, I do I do too. Part of me wants to say Vic Fangio, but I don't think that's the that's the right answer with it. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me wants to say Mike McCarthy, but again, I don't think that's the right answer for it. Um, who's the dude they just hired in, in the Giants? <laughs> um, what's his name? Giants head coach. He's the it's, he's Joe just, Joe it, Judge. Joe Judge. I would say Joe Judge. For as much as for as much as I hate to do that and understand that he had a you know, arguably the best running back in the league get injured in Saquon Barkley. Uh-huh. That that's that team's looked fucking garbagey. I think it's got to be Matt Patricia. It's yeah, it's hard to argue against Matt Patricia too. That the Lions suck. It, they've been a massive disappointment, and for a coach that's supposed to be a defensive like specialist, and they've invested heavily in their defense. Yep. They're god awful. They really are. It's it's not pretty all around. I think we both agree that Adam Gase should be the next one going. Yeah, he should have been fired this off season. Yeah, he shouldn't have had a job to start the season. But uh, yeah, I think it's I think a couple of these guys have some of the writings on the wall, and their their butt seats are being turned up to ten. Oh yeah. All right. Well, anything else with NFL news? It was kind of an uneventful week in our league, so it that's really why we was. can't. There wasn't a whole lot of additional movement, uh, at least from the NFL side, and especially when we look at the fact that we haven't seen a trade in how many weeks now. Well, I guess we actually did have that minor one. There was yeah, a third round pick count. for for uh, Bruce or not Bruce Ripon. Um, yeah. Draft Driscoll. Yeah, which, as we can see, that really panned out well. Yeah. Because uh, he didn't have a starting job, but yeah. That one's just kind of all around. I, I'm pounding the drum. Why, for both people, why the hell Ryan Fitzpatrick remains on Jerry's team and why no one has traded for him blows my mind. On one hand, a lot of people need quarterbacks. On the other hand, Fitzpatrick is going to single-handedly prevent Jerry from getting Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, that, that's one of those pieces. I agree. I mean, between him and, and Derek Carr... Some of those pieces, I, I think Fitzpatrick's the best piece that you can move at this very moment. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, at the end of the day, he's per- performing like a QB1, and he's not going to have a job for long. Um, the gap between Armand and Jerry has closed substantially, and whatever you're holding out for, if you're holding out for something, is going to pale in comparison of trying to close the gap from the second pick to the first pick. I agree. All right, let's move on and let's talk about the Justice League. Um, just to recap where we sit, right now in first place, we have Stefan at 6 and 2. You are right behind him at 6 and 2 as well, but trail 11 points 11 in the points, points scored. Very close. And then we've got a huge cluster. We have Kevin at 4 and 4. We have Steve at 3 and 5. We have Adam at 3 and 5. We have Chris at 3 and 5. Um, in the points scored range, they're all separated by 60 points, those last four teams. Um, I think we both can agree that Stefan has nothing to worry about. I mean, the Chubb injury obviously sucks, but we kind of mentioned last week when we talked about power rankings, he's got a very deep team. Um, he already lost Cortland Sutton, and he's managing, and I think he's going to manage losing um, Nick Chubb. 
Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's it's hard to argue. I mean, Brady's turned out to be everything that needs to be. You have a guy like where you went out and got an Alvin Kamara this year, which has been great. You traded yep. for a Zach Ertz last year. You have a Tyreek Hill. You have an, another great tight end, Tyler Higbee. Maybe you might make a move if you're Stefan to try and sure up your receiver position with obviously not having Cortland Sutton. Oh, sure. Um, but that might be the one piece that I think Stefan could look at probably, possibly buying um, to really, again, like he went and got Zach Ertz last year to buy this year for a wide receiver's perspective. You've got Tyreek Hill. You've got Devontae Parker. Golden Tate, uh, again, we just talked about the, the Giants offense is not all that great all around. But then you've got Willie Sneed, Brandon Cooks, which – yeah, you hope that offense takes a rebound. Uh, Terrell Williams is on IR. Josh Reynolds has kind of been MIA a little mm-hmm. bit. hasn't over, hasn't ever hasn't gotten over seven points. Keelan Cole can score touchdowns. Cortland Sutton's out, and then you've got uh, Stephen Sims who doesn't play football um, <laughs> with it. So I think Stefan's biggest thing is stay healthy, and maybe I can find myself another wide receiver to really sure up the fact that I can try and take this number one spot in the division. Yep, I agree with that. And I think we move on to your team. And I think um, you kind of have similar situations and or circumstances that you probably want to shore up a spot or two. But at the end of the day, you've been coping with the loss of McCaffrey, and he should be back soon. Um, I don't see any reason that you shouldn't be optimistic, but let's hear it from the horse's mouth. I, I, I When I look at this and I, and I say, all right, so I'm, I'm th- four weeks in. Yep. I haven't had my best player for two of them. Mm-hmm. I've managed to to maintain a top six finish in each of the four weeks we've had where I've lost two to two teams that have scored more than I have in that league. I trailed the, the, the arguably the best team in the division by 11 points mm-hmm. with it, and he's had more points scored against him than I have. I'm going to take this as a huge win. Yeah, and you didn't even mention you had the, like, I mean, I know it's a bye week at the end of the day, but the whole random Buffalo Bills missing this week with their game getting delayed. Yep, and this is going to be very interesting. And I also haven't had Devontae Adams for two weeks. Yeah. So I I think you got to be surviving is great. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't want to say anyone's a lock in this division um, just because it's that tough. Yep. But I think you are right there with Stefan and should feel very confident that you will be making the playoffs yeah so so that leaves four spots then for or four teams competing for one spot now do we want to move to the guy that's currently in third or do we want to move to the guy that i think you and i can come to the consensus that might end up in third how about we hint hint nudge nudge wink wink sorry (laughs) kevin all right so let's talk about i feel how about we start with the team that we maybe don't feel the most confident about just period okay and uh, i we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I think we're going to have to start with Chris's team. Yeah, as much as we were super jacked for Chris coming into it, it's mm-hmm. really kind of not happened. Yeah, I mean, and to no fault of his own, I mean, it's really been injuries, and it's not even been, like, insane long-term injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo had the knee sprain. Drew Locke had the shoulder sprain. Uh, Cam Newton had a COVID-positive COVID. test. Um yeah, it's, it just hasn't. He been had the Texans or the yet. Titans with Jonu Smith, um, Zeke or Zeke has been maybe inconsistent. Um, T. Y. Hilton's been like a little, I don't know, kind of dying. He's, so, fun fact: I don't know if you know this. T. Y. Hilton, since Andrew Luck retired, has uh-huh. never never put up more than eighty-three yards in an NFL game. 
That's that's scary. That's very scary. I mean, it's only been what, like sixteen? Or still think about that. That's twenty games. Yeah, twenty games, and he hasn't put up over eighty-three or eighty-five yards. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. But I mean, watching him up close last week when he played the Bears, I mean, he he looks a little old. Yes, he does. But yeah, I mean, when you look at Chris's team, I mean, all those injuries, um, and some disappointments. And when you add it all up and you're in a tough division, I, I don't want to say Chris is completely out of it because Cam Newton's been awesome if he comes back this week. I mean, he's got Ezekiel Elliott and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, that's a great one-two punch. Um, we mentioned TY's not great, but Terry McLaren and Will Fuller have been awesome. I mean, there's Jonu Smith. You know, we raved about him, and he's still been awesome i mean there's reason for excitement i mean i wouldn't be shocked if chris maybe continues to make this interesting but as it stands now when you look at these four or three other teams i think he's the clear you know fourth man in the totem pole yeah it's it's sad to say because there's a lot of fun names on here but we like you said we haven't seen ty hilton beat ty hilton rob gronkowski's been mia will fuller should have showed amazing signs of excitement for taking the top off but hasn't been there Mm-hmm. Um, MVS showed a great week last week, but you're right. We move into some of the other pieces to it. Prashad Perryman's been out. You know, Devin Funches obviously is 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 COVID outed with that. Mm-hmm. John who had his his problems with going with it. Danny Amendola is going up on a bye this week. You just don't feel excited about some of the pieces. Agreed. Um, so all right. So who's if, if Chris is finishing six, who do we think might be looking at the fifth spot? Um, I've got a team in mind, but I'm going to let you, so do you I. go first. It's, so I, I'm going to say Adam. I know you might not think Nope, this, I agree. But I think it's the the injury piece again. Chris Carson's been a little banged up. Kenyon Drake's arguably the, been the largest fantasy disappointment that we've had so far this year for a guy coming off of what we expected to be just a fantastic season. Yeah, and, and to piggyback off that, if he's not the most disappointment, the second dispo- disappointment might be his wide receiver and Julio Jones. Yeah, and that's again, you're fighting a couple pieces, bits of injury there. And then, uh, sorry to interrupt again, but Austin Eckler. Yep, and that's another one that's going down with it. Um, but without having Julio Jones, you've got to feel good about the fact that you have Justin Jefferson, who's kind of emerged as this new Stefan Diggs in the mm-hmm. Minnesota offense. Obviously, you have George Kittle, who has been – Absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. Emmanuel Sanders has very much blossomed with no Michael Thomas, but Michael Thomas is going to be coming back pretty quick, and where's, yep. what setback is that going to have? Phillip Rivers looks good. Um, Nick Mullins had a small great run with it. Um, Peterson's been relatively decent. Um, Miles Gaskin, I think, has been absolutely fantastic um, yeah. for understanding what that offense is for a young guy. Um, we've seen a few Corey Davis sightings. Michael Hardman's been fantastic. Um, but you no longer have Jordan Reed. You no longer have O.J. Howard. Uh, but one guy you didn't mention, Dalton Schultz. He um, has been exceptionally decent. Dak loves his tight ends, and Dak yes. is passing the ball a lot. Yes. Um, Schultz right now, I believe, is tight end. Uh, say something while I look this up. Um, so Dalton Schultz last week. Eight targets, four receptions, 72 yards, got in the end zone, 19 points. In week three against Seattle, four receptions again, two less targets, 48 yards, put up 10.8 points. 
he right now is tight end six. Yep, so you got your back, man. But And I think that all helps because you have a week two against Atlanta where mm-hmm. you put up 25 points, nine receptions, 88 yards. And, and he you, did. You lost a fumble and everything like that. But, but he did nothing in week one because obviously, you know, it was Blake Jarwin's team and yep. Blake Jarwin was going to have a monster year. But Dalton I mean, Schultz, I think, right now is a boon for Adam's team along with Miles Gaskin. And uh, I think I think we missed the one big name that's on his roster that you've got to feel good if you're Adam that you have to continue to build around. That's Patrick Mahomes, of course. And that's oh yeah. And that's one of those ones where it's hard for Adam right now because you're going to continue to receive potential points, so you're going to kind of hurt a little bit about your stock with it because you do have some really decent players with mm-hmm. this, and I think we're just missing some health and some concrete play to really take Adam from a three and five team to arguably a six and two team. So question, if, if Austin Eckler didn't get injured this weekend, mm-hmm. say he was healthy, mm-hmm. would your opinion on Adam's team be greatly changed? I think it would move him up one spot. Okay. So can he compete for a playoff spot with Austin Eckler out for a month or does he need a move? He needs a move. And okay. I think, Obviously, we look at the points scored piece, and he's trailing the team ahead of him by 18 points with with what he has the ability to score in just points four. Not talking about potential points, but just points four for what he's put up. He's missed 18 of those. And I think that comes from a limited resource pool to say that this is where he has the option to make his better plays. And the injuries hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I think Adam's in a better position than Chris because he's got, I think, a little bit more of a balanced roster and top-tier talent across the board um, and more depth. But the Austin Eckler injury hurts. Um, I'm with you. I When you add in the fact that Drake's been the most disappointing player in fantasy this year, he, Chris needs, or excuse me, Adam needs like either a miracle or some sort of trade because... He he needs two strong running backs when you look at his team and how, how it's all set up. And Chris Carson's great, but if Kenyon Drake doesn't wake the fuck up, Adam Seen can't survive with Austin Eckler being out for at least a month. I agree, 100%. So that leaves right. us to just two teams, dude. Two teams, and based on how you started things, I think we're going to be agreeing yeah. with who checks in on this next spot, and that's going to be tearing the ACL, Mr. Kevin Bruce's team. But I think this all comes down to the one piece that is going to be a huge benefit for Steve's team, not starting this week, but the next three. And that's going to be schedule. And I think that's going to be the first piece that I want to talk about between Kevin and Steve. Kevin's got to go play you. He's got to play Ruth. And he's got to play Zane. The three teams that made the playoffs from last year's Marvel division. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, they're also the best three teams in the Marvel division again this year which for Steve is fantastic. You play an 0-8 Jerry, a 1-7 Armand, and a 1-7 Sean. That's pretty good. Fan-fucking-tastic. And I tell you what, Steve's gone through and, and weathered the storm with, you know, 500 or 652 points scored against him. Kevin's only put up 542 points for him this year, and he's had 569 scored against him, the least amount of points scored against any team so far in the Justice League, and Kevin's 4-4. Four and four. You can't feel good if you're Kevin right now. And, no. And looking and, at some of the pieces, go ahead. Well, and when you talk about St- Steve's team, in addition to having like 
that you know good luck. He's also had a lot of bad luck. Michael Thomas has missed multiple multiple games. DJ Chark has missed a game. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and Ben Roethlisberger were both scratched for this week. Not really planned for. Uh, Ryan Tannehill too. He was down a quarterback, or he did not have a super a quarterback option for last week, which he lost. Um, Steve has had some unfortunate luck um, in that aspect. And everyone deals with injuries, don't get me wrong. Um, But Steve has a deep enough team that he's been able to... For some teams, it would look a lot worse if you had to go through all that stuff. So I think Steve has to be feeling confident with that because presumably things should start beginning a little bit better as his team gets healthy. And I think Kevin's experiencing some kind of panic. Daniel Jones has not been fantastic in that offense. Sam Donald's been absolutely garbage mm-hmm. with it. So, And Kevin doesn't have any other quarterbacks on his roster. Stafford. So, oh, he's, oh, yeah. He is a buy this week. I hate that they put him out of order. That bothers me. <laughs> it like is it, annoying. It really does. So he buys this week. But that's not three rough quarterbacks with part of it. Antonio Gibson's been fantastic. Todd Gurley's looked good. Robbie Anderson's been outstanding. Calvin Ridley put up zero points this week. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin's been fucking flopping his dick on the table about how great Calvin Ridley is. And his dick just got chopped off this week. It, it it's That's not great. Piece. No, Le'Veon Bell obviously goes out, which hurts. Um, Tevin Coleman's not there. Sterling Shepard's not there. A lot of injuries, as you can see through part of this. But Gesicki has looked relatively decent in that uh, that offense. J.K. Dobbins has been relatively good. But can we talk about Brandon Ayuk for a second? Air Ayuk. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, Air Ayuk with what a jump. What a fucking jump. Cleared like 16 feet, I thought I saw it measured it, it online. Something, something silly stupid. So Kevin's got a lot of these young pieces that he can, 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 can continue to build around. Um, with or it or those, are, those are players that are very sought after in trades mm-hmm. if Kevin wants to go that route. Um, Kevin obviously is one of the few teams that has a first-round pick next year. Um, So if Kevin wants to make a move, I still think he's got an issue at quarterback and a massive one at that. And at the end of the day, even though he's had Antonio Gibson, Robbie Anderson, Calvin Ridley, you know, step up for him, I don't think he can survive this quarterback issue. So maybe he prays for Adam Gase to get hired and Sam Darnold can go on a run. Um, Stafford has rebounded, I think, since Kenny Galladay's come back. He's averaged about 20 points a game, only two games, small sample size. But, you know, if you're Kevin, you got to, like, hope that that's the reality. And if Stafford's fine, then you just got to figure out one more quarterback position. So yep. So between these bottom four teams that we talked about, yep. who do you think's more in the dire must-win week five matchup? I mean, just saying that that if they don't do this, this is where their season's really going to turn around and go downhill. I think it's, I mean, it's we're going to talk about it later, but it's a matchup of the week, and I think it's got to be Adam's team. Yep. Uh, when you look at, you know, Steve's team, he's got, he's got maybe the most impressive running back not named Alvin Kamara on a bye, which is huge for Adam's side of things. You know, he doesn't have to worry about facing Aaron Jones. Um Obviously, Adam doesn't have Austin Eckler, so maybe you say it's even, but Adam, I think, needs to get a win this week. He needs to get on track because if not, I think Steve's team's going to have a full head of steam, and I don't think Adam can keep up with Steve and even Kevin at that point. Yeah. I, let's just move into the matchups, don't we? Should we just yeah, do that? Let's move, nope, let's do it. 
Um, and of course, because everything sucks for people in the Justice League, the the, the Avengers division is not too hot for matchups this week. No. We have no. No. we have Nick Ruth playing Armand. Who do you like in that one, Dan? Oh man, every part of me wants no fuck uh, Nick Ruth. That's it's one of those pieces. Like I, Armand's team is going to do the different pieces that it is. Obviously, Armand's got a lot of young talent, yep. but. Again, this is just one of those cut and dry six and two versus one and seven. The the amount, the point differential between these two is phenomenal. Um, I don't. I'm checking really quick to see if anybody has anybody on buy this week. Between the two of them, I don't think anybody might, which means that odds are this is a Ruth win. Yes, um, I'm not going to devote nearly as much time. Nick's got this one on lock. Um, let's talk about my matchup versus Sam. Uh, we're. Not I, the doctor, but the newly the commish- married weir, yeah, commissioner. Thank you. Yes, I agree with that as well. And then let's talk about Zane's matchup versus Jerry. Um, so I'm going to ask you this question. Do we think Jerry gets a win at all this year? I mean... Or do you even care? Does it really fucking not matter? Because I'm going to take Zane in the matchup. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to take Zane as well. I think Jerry could get a matchup or get a win because he has to play Armand and Sam. And he's got two quarterbacks that can go off and two and several wide receivers that are capable of going off so yes i think he gets a win at some point okay just checking all right let's get down to the meat and potatoes of the bullshit here yep let's talk about the matchups that are actually going to cause some people to sweat this week and we'll start off with stefan taking on chris yeah so this is another fun one so you never like a guy that's going to go on short rest. And Tom Brady's going to go through, and he's going to go on short rest against the Chicago Bears. Not a slouch of a defense in any way, shape, or form with it. But Alvin Kamara gets an additional day of rest. Ronald Jones is on a short day. Never always good for part of those. Um, Zach Ertz has a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. Can't feel good about that. But Tyler Higby's got a great matchup against Washington. Golden Tate plays Dallas. For all we know, the Giants and Dallas game could be 77-72 to because mm-hmm. nobody fucking knows what's going to go on. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Jared Goff. Over on Chris's side, um, Hoyer obviously is is the guy right now. Stidham kind of shat himself in the pants, but I, do we know officially if Hoyer's going to start? Um, we don't officially know. Apparently, Cam's tested or Cam's doing good, um, which is encouraging. Po- it could potentially be cleared, but I don't know the exact rules and guidelines for COVID returning. Gotcha. I would say it's probably unlikely Cam plays if we're just being honest here, but. Yep. Uh, Elliott plays the Giants, favorable matchup. Edward Slayer, favorable matchup. McLaurin against the Rams is eh. Um, T.Y. plays Cleveland. It's a great matchup, but, again, we haven't seen the T.Y. Hilton that actually matters. Yep. Gronkowski in a short week. Again, not a fan of the guys on short weeks. Will Fuller against Jacksonville I like. Slayton against Dallas is great. Uh, obviously, Valdez Scantling is going to be on a bye, so we're not playing him this week. Nope. Um, Jonu Smith, I think, comes back into the roster into that flex spot um, with part of it. Uh, I think – Dawson Knox could be um, potentially an interesting play, but I don't think that gets a lot of hype with it. I think maybe we look at Tim Patrick, maybe. Um, but then you also have Malcolm Brown, which yeah, it's a crapshoot with it, the it, rims. It really is with part of those pieces. Um, but you can't feel good about starting Nelson Aguilar there either. Um, I'm going to take Stefan in the matchup. I think it's it's not as close as. As, it, as we make it seem to be with some of the favorable matchups for uh, Chris's running backs. So, Stefan. Yeah, I think the only way Chris has a shot this week is if 
both his quarterbacks are back. If Jimmy plays this week and if Cam plays this week, I think he could make it very interesting. Um, for Stefan's team, we didn't really touch on it, but, I mean, we, we opened it up talking about some teams. I would be very intrigued about benching someone to play Teddy Bridgewater if I'm Stefan. So which one do you bench? Are you benching Goff against Washington or Brady against the Bears? Because I think this one's cut and dry for who I would choose. I mean, I think obviously you just assume that you don't bench the player that just threw for five passing touchdowns. But I want to see who's playing for Tampa Bay. I want to see who they're giving a rest, who's not healthy enough, who's not ready. Um, This might be an ugly Thursday night game. Um, But with that said, probably Jared Goff. I bench Brady. Oh, okay. I love the Washington matchup for Jared Goff. Okay. I do. I really think that that that's a very favorable matchup for him. Um, I don't think – I think Brady sees a lot of additional pressure um, from the Bears. I think the Bears' secondary is a little bit better than what Washington's secondary has to offer. Um, And with that being said, Bridgewater's playing Atlanta. That's pretty juicy. That's very, very juicy. And – with that, like I said, I think Brady's the the easier bench than Jared Goff is. As Goff has come through, come through and thrown for two seventy five, two sixty seven, three twenty one, and then last week against the Giants for two hundred with it. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna say you play Goff, but that's me. Yeah, I I think you got to play Bridgewater. That's as that's as much as I'll say. Um, and for Brady, I think it just comes down to who's healthy. Um, I could totally justify going golf over Brady, but let's just see who they're playing. But I think if you're Stefan, you got to get Teddy in the lineup. Uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to argue against that. All right. Um, so with that said, I'm definitely going to or I'm going to take Stefan as well. You're taking Stefan as well. Fantastic. All right. And I mean, in a normal week, I think this would be maybe the matchup of the week. Um, and that's going to be you against Kevin. Um Again, every every matchup in this league or in this division just has so much at stake because everyone's wins are precious. You know, nothing's guaranteed. It's still early. No one's maybe thrown in the the, the uh, surrender flag or anything like that. But when we look at your team, Dan, um, I'm going to go with who I maybe think you should start. I'm gonna. I hate like looking at the starting lineups. Yep. So obviously you have Josh Allen. Um, you have Mike Davis until Christian McCaffrey's back. He's set and forget. Um, Mark Ingram, of course, Adam Thielen, Tyler Boyd are as good as it gets. Hayden Hurst, um, he's your boy. Um, you have Julian Edelman. Um, Michael Gallup, he's been disappointing, I think, when you look at the Cowboys' offense and how much they're passing the ball. But just because of the volume available, I don't think you can bench him. I think you got to go with him. The last interesting spot comes down to your flex. And for me, I'd maybe consider someone like Cole Beasley. But you have a few other options, I think, depending on... Um, obviously, Adams is on a buy, so he's you don't have to worry about that headache. Yeah. But maybe you consider Austin Hooper um, or maybe Jordan Aikens. I don't know. Um, but I would go Cole Beasley, but I think he got some options. And then um, for the quarterback spot i think you gotta go drew Brees. um going up against the chargers it's a little tough but are you really gonna start kirk cousins in a game on the road in seattle even if there is no fans i don't know if you feel great about that so i think your lineup for the most part is cut and dry maybe the last flex spot uh when we look at um the other team mr kevin ruth if i could find it i'm stalling because words are hard um 
quarterbacks, I mean, it's cut and dry because Matt Stafford is on a bye. He's going to go Daniel Jones and hopefully Sam Darnold. Sounds like Darnold might not be playing, actually, so this could get awkward for Kevin. Um, For running backs, he's going to have Derrick Henry back. Um, Antonio Gibson has, I mean... James Robinson's probably the most impressive rookie running back, but Gibson's really rising up the rankings. Todd Gurley's reliable. I mean, Kelvin Ridley's was mega disappointing Monday night, but he's obviously being started. The Carolina boys and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Um, Hunter Henry is his tight end. The last flex spot is interesting when you look at Kevin's team and just all the options that he has. Um, I think when you or based on who you saw Monday night, I feel like it'd be really difficult to uh, bench Brandon Ayuk. But when you look at Kevin's team, I mean, Mike Kosicki could be an option. Um, you could maybe go Mike Williams if he's back. I mean, hell, you could just say fuck it and start J.K. Dobbins. Um, I would go probably Brandon Ayuk. If Darnold is out um, and Kevin has to roll without a quarterback, presuming he doesn't do any trades, um, Things could get ugly for Kevin at that point. I think for me, or before I pick my matchup, do you have any thoughts, anything I missed maybe on? No, I think you covered it well. And the question be, question for Kevin becomes, all right, so if Darnold's a no-go, yep. where do I turn? Obviously, Brandon Ioke's that same piece. But then you look at some of the other positions and say, all right, is this really where I want to go? Do I want to play a hinge on the J.K. Dobbins against Cincinnati? Um you know, obviously we haven't seen kind of a whole lot out of Larry Fitzgerald that we really want yep. to this year. So you kind of roll the dice there. What a great week to catch Kevin on where he doesn't have Kenny Galladay. He doesn't have Matt Stafford. He yep. doesn't have Quintez Cephas. Gusecki's very intriguing a little bit. Yes, San Francisco plays pretty decent against the tight end position. Um, yeah, a lot of this does hinge on Sam Darnold and where you go. But I agree. I think Brandon Ayuk's got to find his way into this lineup one way or another. Yeah, I agree. I think for right now, I'm going to go with you um, because I think Darnold's not going to play. I agree. But, I don't but think Darnold plays. I also think if Kevin is going to make a move for a quarterback, like if he's going to call up Jerry and try to get Fitzpatrick or something like, maybe not this week because he's playing the Niners, but if he's going to make a move for a quarterback, whoever that might be, it's going to be this week. So maybe Kevin makes a move for someone. I don't know who that is. Maybe it's Jared Stidham. I don't know. But maybe Kevin's roster changes a little bit. Um, but with what we know, what we see in place, I'm going to go with you. I agree. I think the Darnold piece is the biggest question mark with it. Agreed. And if Darnold doesn't play, I absolutely like myself as well. If Darnold plays, it gets very interesting as it sits right now. Kevin and I are separated by less than a point. According mm-hmm. to projections with the current rosters that sit in there for where we have, um, obviously, the Brandon Ayuk play is something to be considered. Um, but just based upon the health of the team that I have, I'm going to take myself. Hard to argue with that. And that brings us to the matchup of the week. And this this matchup has some kind of fun um, subtleties to it. Um, obviously, these teams are both 3-5. and five. They're both competing for a playoff spot. But these guys pulled off a huge trade. And if we're being honest, that's probably a large reason why both these teams are where they are um for steve getting kareem hunt deontay johnson juju just smith schuster um noah fant those were the four big pieces and those guys have all blossomed and just been amazing for steve 
Uh, if Adam still had him, Adam might be the best team in this league, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, Adam got George Kittle, which is awesome, but Julio Jones, the other big piece, has been very disappointing. Um, I would assume there's going to be some trash talk mentioned between these guys, and maybe that trade might be brought up a few times as well. Um, but Dan, why don't you break it down for us? Yeah, so I think you covered a lot of the very interesting pieces to, to start off here with it. I, Mahomes against Ryan, you've got to lean Mahomes and some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Chris Carson's against Kareem Hunt. Uh, or I'm sorry, as it sits there, I have Chris Carson against David Johnson. If Carson's is healthy, you obviously are going to take Chris Carson yep. with it. David Johnson's kind of erosion. Kenyon Drake against Kareem Hunt, that's a lopsided Kareem Hunt. Understanding, yes, he's playing in Indianapolis, don't care. Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, the battle of the injury bros this year. Um, <laughs> if Thomas is healthy, understanding this is a this is a Monday night game, by the way. Yeah, that's... Monday night. So that this, could be annoying. If you don't have a backup or an oh shit play with it, whether it's from the Chargers or from the Saints, you're kind of fucked. Jefferson against Chark, I like as a toss-up. Kittle versus Thomas, I take Kittle. Dalton Schultz against Juju Smith-Schuster. Better matchup for Juju against Philadelphia than Dalton Schultz against um, the Giants. Edmonds against Deontay Johnson. I'll take Deontay Johnson. Sanders versus Landry. Um, big, huge boost if Michael Thomas doesn't play um, over there to, to Adam. But I don't know. That's it's Landry's playing Indy. Tough matchup. Roethlisberger uh, plays Philly, and Phillip Rivers gets the Browns, which is a very favorable matchup. Bench options. With it, let's see your Aaron Jones is no go for Steve. Mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson is a no go. Two rough guys to have on a bye against each other. No Eckler. Obviously, that really, really hurts Adam. Miles um, Gaskin, I think, is an interesting play. Against I, the Niners? Against the Niners. I'm okay. gonna play my hunch and say that this is uh, this is a play that you need to go through and do from a check down perspective from a team that's potentially gonna be down for garbage time points. I really like his out-of-the-backfield capabilities. Maybe uh, Corey Davis plays against Buffalo. That's no fun. Mecole Hardman has an interesting matchup against Vegas. Um, Jack Doyle, A.J. Green plays in Baltimore. That's going to be kind of tough. A lot of interesting bench matchups with it. I'll let you go ahead and break down a couple of the pieces that I didn't before I give my answer. But this is is an interesting matchup based upon the injuries – and the times that these teams play, because Carson's plays Sunday night, Michael Thomas plays Monday night. Yeah, I mean, thankfully for Steve, if he does, you know, if we don't get word on Michael Thomas and he wants to ride it out, he does have some fill-ins. Uh, he's got Justin Jackson and Deontay Harris. Um, obviously, not great options, but you know, if you want to ride it out and maybe risk getting like the best wide receiver in the game back, I wouldn't fault you. Um, I think for me, when you look at these matchups, I think it's going to just simply come down to the running backs. Who wins this matchup Like between the starters? Chris Carson and Kenyon Drake versus David Johnson and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. On, on paper? I mean, okay. I said last week if Kenyon Drake is going to do anything, it was probably going to be against the Carolina Panthers. Well... He's really, I get to say that for the next two weeks because he gets to play the New York Jets and the Dallas Cowboys. So, again, I'm saying if Kareem Hunt or if Kenyon Drake is going to do anything, he's going to do it this week against the New York Jets. So, I don't feel great, but I feel like Adams' running backs have a better matchup. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go the other way. Okay. With it, I'm going to take Steve. Okay. And this has been a little bit more beneficial for it. I picked against Steve and won. You picked Steve and lost, so <laughs> I guess that kind of helps there. Um, I think know, it's going to be really, really, really close. It's going to be a great matchup with it. I find the edge, though, and just the overall matchups mm-hmm. to be favoring Steve ever so slightly with it. Um there's more opportunity over on Adam's side with some of the keep with some of the players that have underperformed yep. versus the players that we've seen perform. Juju I, running Pittsburgh against Philadelphia, I think is a good matchup. Um, understanding. It, it, yeah. Cleveland versus Indy kind of sucks. Matt Ryan plays Carolina, but I, I like Steve. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Steve here going into a very favorable matchup in his schedule. So we're going to split here. Um, pick them going into the week was I went 18 and six, you're 16 and eight. So only two games worth of a discrepancy with it. Uh, that would be a picking against Kevin for you both times and <laughs> losing because of it. So Kevin, you're probably fucked this week. Cause, uh, Oh, no. I don't think either of us picked you. Yep. Nope. You should be nope, okay then. Nope. We both picked you. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll figure life out here. But, um, yeah, Pickham's pretty close. Yeah, it's really close. I mean, and just going back to this matchup, obviously Julio Jones, he potentially might be out, and nope. that's going to be unfortunate for... I was going to be catastrophic, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that might be the fill-in with, you know, Hardman, and Hardman's capable of going off, but... I'm still sticking with Adam, but I already am not feeling as confident as I was 45 seconds ago. It's crazy how things like that just change. (laughs) All right. Well, this was, we finally said it, and it lived up to the hype, a shorter podcast, barely. Um, (laughs) Anything else uh, before we head into week five, Dan? No. Happy week five, boys. A couple buys as we start moving into it. Hopefully we continue to stay COVID-free being the way to be. Um, but nope. yep, and make sure you guys stay up on that and you know be aware. Try to put yourself in position to be prepared for weird games with uh, your roster configurations, having people on the flex spot and all that stuff to just you know be prepared. Yep, but it's getting hot in here, baby. So let's see how <laughs> hot it really is at the end of the week five. I cannot top that finisher. You guys have a good one. <laughs>